You're listening to Strong Asian Lead, your backstage pass to Hollywood. In this space, we shatter barriers, unlock opportunities, and provide you with the tools you need to break into Hollywood on your terms. My name is Moss Moria, and we're on day four, I think something like that. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, I really appreciate you, and I hope you hit subscribe so that we have the whole thing. I hate being that influencer dude, like subscribe, hit the smash button, do the like, all the stuff. Yeah, do it. I hope so, because that really helps us understand, you know, and get better, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it does help. Uh, I people, I do appreciate anybody who's listening. Uh, I don't get to always post these on Instagram and stuff, but that's just, again, they don't have, they don't have a team to do it. So, but we do want to keep doing this. It is 9 a.m., so I feel like I'm a little late on this, but, uh, you know, I'm going to do my best to record today and get to the podcast and we're, i'm gonna go back to the go to the picket lines try to see some friends and support what i can but oh man it's so hot out there it's actually so hot today like it's 9 a.m it's so hot that i had to turn on the ac and you know me i just do not like the ac like it's it's loud it's it's energy consume, consuming and it's loud <laughs> and that's all i got to say like I, you know, my first like couple months in New York, it was hot, but then it wasn't hot. Uh, it was hot, but I d- it refused to buy an AC. It's just like a hundred, hundred twenty five bucks, something like that. I just didn't want to get it. It was heavy and do all that, but I had to cave in. It got really sweltering hot, and yeah, it's it's it was hot out there. So I'm glad I got one. It was always loud. It's still annoying, but you know what? You can't live without one because I just can't do it. And I hope. You shouldn't be able to hear it on the podcast because I'm I'm going to do some editing for it, but it's um it's what it is. I can I can't just not do it, and it's it's exhausting. So, um, but thank you for listening. Uh, today's episode we're going to talk about uh paying it forward and the the unseen way to break into Hollywood. I really think it's a way to do that for ourselves, and I will show you some examples that I've done in the past and the ways I've worked it into life, and why it's important because. Man, if you're helping other people do the thing that they want to do, and not just you can do it for them or you can do it for Nick nonprofits, like that's the way to build this business. Like that's the way the business was kind of built. And if you know anything about film schools and like doing short films, like that's the way that's built too. It's about community and by paying it forward, that's the way it works. And I do that all the time. And that's the way, way it's the way to the way of Hollywood. Like, you want to you want to break in? You want to do the right thing? Do something for other some some do something for someone else, not just for yourself. I think that's the one reason why I left LA is because everybody was just trying to do it for themselves, but never paying it forward or giving it back. And that's all I was doing. And it's really annoying to not have to. Do that. I'm gonna close my window because yeah. So uh, paying forward, and that's the uh, that's today's topic. So, but before we get into that today, I'm going to talk more about life, just more casual things. And today we're going to talk about a, like kind of a follow-up episode from follow-up segment from what I did get last week. And it's going to be doing the things when you don't want to do things. So it's kind of like saying yes to the things you want to do, but yes to the things you don't want to do. And then no to the things you do want to do kind of backwards. Right. And the reason why I bring that up is because sometimes you don't want to do something but you know it's the right thing to do or you want to do something and you don't have the energy to do it and you have to say no and that's hard that's hard to do and 
I'm gonna I'll bring you some examples. Like even last night, I kind of I went to this uh, kind of potluck kind of thing, and you know, a woman asked me to go, and I really wanted to go see her. I I just met this woman, and, you know, cute, and and um, you know, I was so tired. I was so tired from yesterday. I went to the picket lines and the podcast recording, like, you know, I'm doing that every day now. And so it's just exhausting to bring it back in and, and then edit it and do all the things. But I thought, and I had planned on this, you know, potluck, not date thing for, you know, since she told me it was like literally like the week before. And I just met her. We hadn't texted. I don't like texting. And I didn't tell her I wasn't going. I didn't follow up. I didn't say I was coming. I just just show up and you know as i was making making our my my potluck rice balls and um yeah, i was just tired i was so tired i literally smashed my face in my bed i was just like i don't want to go i don't i don't but i do so i like forced myself to i don't want to say force but i got myself to like get dressed i didn't do my hair i don't i feel like i don't do my hair anymore because it's just like unruly <laughs> I do need to get a haircut, and, and I would love to get some of this new, like, um, I've always seen, like, gel powder, gel things. I found this, like, powder styling thing. I was like, what is that? And it looked, like, really easy and useful, so I'm going to try that sometime. But I uh, I just didn't want to go, and I drove, and I hate driving. I hate driving so much. That's why I left. Another reason why I left L.A. is just, like, I don't want to drive. And New York is just so much easier i just i love the subway i don't care if we have to carry everything i don't care if i can boot other people i don't care if it's dirty i don't have to drive i almost got in a car accident yesterday because someone's like going off the going crossing the lane and going off i was just like i hate this and i'm like speeding because i'm tired and i'm annoyed my chest was hurting like it's it's just annoying i don't like doing all that stuff so it, it was but i went anyways and even when i got there i was like hey what's up you know hey, she's you're 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 gorgeous I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I told her, but I also told her, like, I think that's also important. If you don't want to go some, don't want to go somewhere, you do go anyways. Like, just tell them your energy level. It's like, ah, it's been a long day. I'm just really, I'm really tired. I would love a drink. Like, yeah, thank you. Okay. And my energy, and then eventually, like, my my mood kind of mellowed out, mellowed, mellowed out, and I had to, you know, talk to people and stuff. And that's, I'm not, I'm not an extroverted person. People think I'm an extroverted person. I'm really not. I'm pretty amnivert, if you have to say, but I just do it anyways. Uh, I don't. I just because I think it's important. You know, it's kind of like a life skill that I had to like learn, and but it's not my internal thing. I'd rather stay home and read a book and do work and be a workaholic and just never see anybody. But that's not how life works. That's not how Hollywood works, and that's not how. I don't think it's really good for anybody to just shut themselves out of the world. So. Yeah, I did it anyways, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. I got to just see her and meet some people, and it was nice. And I had to talk to people, but, you know, it's kind of good to see her. I, I don't think she's listening to this podcast, so I don't really care. But, um, you know, whenever. And, but there's also things that I do want to go to, and I just say no. So... Uh, there was another party that someone's birthday party that I was going to go to. And it's just down the street is that inner crew. And I just was so tired. I was so, so burned out. And if I know if I went, not only do I have to dress up, like I hate like really dressing up unless it's like really dope. 
I like have hate how like putting on a suit and do my hair and do the makeup and all that. And it was just um, I just didn't want to go. I when I messaged her, I was like, I I just don't have the energy to do it. I don't have the energy to yell at people and try to network or whatever and do all that. And she was fine with it, but you know, I don't. I just don't want to do that. I really just don't. And I didn't. I I slept. I slept instead. And that was much better. I I'm glad I did. I'm, I'm glad I didn't go. And that's totally fine. But there's also moments where I, I don't want to do things and I say yes anyways. What I was somewhere. I was somewhere like I feel like yesterday. Where was I? I did not want to I didn't want to go to this meeting and I was so my my anxiety was up. I was tired. I had other work to do. Or I thought I had other work to do. I like I always have like a billion things to work things to do. And I met this new friend. He's always trying to get me in touch with new people, and uh, they're usually good quality of people. And it was really, um, I didn't want to go, but I went anyways. And I met the guy, nice guy. That was in his production studio and stuff. And it'd be nice to keep in touch, but. I hope to keep in touch. I feel like everybody I keep in, I meet for the one time that I just never hear from again, uh, for various reasons. And I just, you know, I, I'm not only my bad at following up, but like, you know, I just don't hear from people. And like, what did I spend that time waste that time for? I'm just like meeting people. It's like networking. We're like, okay, you met them, but what, what's that? Does that do, you know? And I think that's, I hate like networking. I hate, like, I love meeting people. But I do like, I rushed it. He only had like 15 minutes. I was only, he's like, I, they planned it to come to me at like 10, 940 or something like that. And then he like had a meeting at, I have a meeting at 10. I'm like, I have 20 minutes to give you my whole pitch and have a good time. Like, yeah. And then like rushed me out. Like not in a bad way. He had really had to go, but like, I didn't really, that's not, that's not what I'm there for 20 minutes. I drove 20 minutes for a 20 minute meeting and meet you. And what's that going to really turn into? I just, I was like, I don't want to, fucking be here like that's dumb and but i did it anyways and it's it's whatever so uh, i did it anyways and it was great uh, it wasn't great i just did it anyways and i'm glad i did it because i don't know i'm gonna see that guy again my friend was there to be there and how it's so hard to get people in their room do things but i did it anyways um and there are other times i just do it anyways because i know it's either good community or it's good for my life like i show up to those picket lines i don't want to go to those picket lines i don't want to be there no one wants to be at the picket lines like we want to be working we want to be creating we'd rather use that time at the picket lines to go write our screenplays to go do auditions to do all the hollywood things that we want to do and the creative things that fuel our emotions and prove our parents wrong that we can do it and it's you don't want to be there and i but every time i show up i i do enjoy myself i do i do do enjoy myself and something would happen you know i think that's that's the whole that's the whole deal that's the whole deal that you have you you, you help them out and ah, show up you just show up and i'm tired i'm sure they're tired i'm hot it's gonna be a really hot day you can do it so Please show up when you can. Uh, but that's the best way to kind of go, I think. You know, sometimes you have to make those hard decisions to do the opposite of what you want to do or don't want to do. And 
yeah you know it's not not one size fits all it's not the whole thing it's not don't listen to me for one thing and then not hear you're gonna hear from me and say like yeah but also do the opposite it's like life is complex life is very complex that's what life is and you know and, and yeah just just do what feels right for you it really is that whole if it's not a yes it's, a, it's not a fuck yes it's an and i think that's really sometimes i'm just like nah it's a yes but so i just don't you know whatever like or not a yes but i'm gonna do it anyways because it's good for the soul or whatever you know i I go help out clean in little little tokyo and it's kind of like not fuck yes but i'm like yeah sure i'll do it i do that it's every little tokyo Tokyo sparkle it's every may they come out and you have some you know cheesy food or whatever and you raffle but you just go clean up. I usually do the graffiti duty. Like I will get my elbows into it and just like go and go clean up. I also did the Koreatown cleanup, youth cleanup or something like that. And I didn't want to do it. It was hot, but I was just walking around and not going for a walk, just walking around. And I did it anyways. And I met a guy. He was cool. His name is Dan. He works at. Oh, he owns Olivia on vermont it's a vegan a vegetarian restaurant like pizza and stuff and pretty cool i'm gonna check it out he's been also helping out with the strikes just giving out free lemonade like fantastic fantastic so good for damn but i also just cleaned up my 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 streets you know i think that's good do i want to do that no but i did anyways and that's that's the whole deal uh but so you know not fucked with acid Uh, i'm gonna do a Quick ad break. Okay, today we're going to talk about paying it forward. It's kind of the same deal that I was just, you know, talking about before because, you know, when you want to do something or you don't want to do something and you do it anyway, it's still paying it forward. But there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. So, the way the importance of paying it forward, and it's the paying it forward is I'm I'm calling it like the unseen way to break into Hollywood because you know, when you focus on giving something to somebody else, that it does something. It shows you that you're gonna show up for somebody else besides yourself. And when you do it for somebody and you help them, don't it's not a tit for tat. Don't expect that they're gonna help you back. Do it because you want to, because you feel the right to, because you feel good about doing it. You believe in the project, you believe in the person, however that is, and just do it. Once it's done, it's done. Move on. If they come back, great. If they don't come back, great too. Keep moving on. But the point of doing it is because maybe they do come back. Maybe they put you in touch with somebody. Maybe they uh, hire you for some other gig. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe five years from now. You don't know. You don't know. Do it anyways. Do it anyways. Do it with the people who you like doing it with. That's the bigger thing. Or that there's a mission for you to do it correctly. Because if you just do it and you don't like the guy, you're going to hate it. You're going to do a shitty job. And like volunteer work, right? Just volunteer and do the work right. I have so many people who are working in different industries who are 
volunteering in places and they do a shitty ass job I'm like they're not gonna hire you if you do it if you volunteer for me and you do a shitty job i'm not gonna hire you again and i'm not going to refer you to somebody else for a paid job you did a shitty job that's just that's not no that's not the way to do it that's not the way to do it either so like do the work correctly that's that's the whole point of doing it so do it that do it right Show them you can prove yourself to do it. Check your work. I mean, side note for checking your work. Like, I'm wearing my All-American um, All Girl t-shirt by Margaret Cho. Like, we made our t- If you don't know, we make our own t-shirts. Like, every shirt that you, you see on my, that I'm wearing, like, almost every time I'm, like, wearing our t-shirts because not only is it, I'm sorry, it's good marketing, but that's all the shirts I have. <laughs> I don't really have any of the shirts because uh, they don't afford, but, I, I like, I can wear my own shirt. And uh, it actually doesn't have an R in American. And so uh, at one point, and I was like, oh, no, I am so I have like this. Someone told me there's this word like when you don't not that you don't check your spelling, but like you read the word and you just like pass it on. You're just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's spelled correctly. You just because you just read it. Yeah, I've got this thing. I can't I can't do it. And so, you know, I do that a lot. There's another shirt I have. I'm like, oh, I didn't check that. that that's wrong information. So, uh, you know, do it right, do it right, always, and work, do it right and go above and beyond. This, um, couple weekends ago, I helped PK, BK Comedy, do, uh, do photography for his, t- for his stand-up show. And did I want to do it? Yeah. Because collaborations, I've never been to collaboration, but I've, for like, what, they're 25 years old? That's amazing. And they've been doing so much for the community, I was happy to show up for him. I don't know PK. I don't know PK personally. Talking a couple times on, on Clubhouse or something. He, you know, I've just been around. But I just wanted to do it. I I did ask, like, is there a budget? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, great. There's no budget. That's fine. He said, I'll pay for my stuff. I haven't turned in my fucking invoice to or my sheets to have that. I don't really care. It's like 35 bucks. I don't, you know, whatever, man. You're doing so much for the community. I can just show up and do it. And that's, again, that's paying it forward. Not only paying it forward, but doing something you feel right about. Right, I enjoyed it. It was easy for you to do. And when he saw my work, one, one, the photos were great. Two, he saw how professional I was. I worked really hard. Everybody in the room saw how worked out how, how much I worked very hard. And and when he saw all the photos and how it was organized, you're like, whoa, you're a pro. And I stayed all night. I stayed into the room when we we're all just chilling out and hanging out until three a.m. And that was like, and I just did the after party and you saw the after like, whoa, you're still here. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm, and when I hear that, when I hear that, like, you're still here. I'm like, so in 25 years of the collaboration, that photographer, your photographers have never stayed. That's what I hear. I hear your photographers dipped out. When you literally told me, take pictures in the after party. I stayed. That's what he told me to do. If he told me not to do, I won't do that. But like, he told me to stay, and I did. Come on. Not only is that good goodwill and faith. That's the whole point of like working really hard and showing you can do the work. I stayed to the end because your show, your party is not over. Your party's not. Your thing's not over just because the show's ending. You're still doing other things until you go home or you tell me to turn the camera off. That's it. I've made that mistake before. Me not turning off the camera, but no, don't don't do that. But that's the same. Same thing, just work really hard. Pay it forward. And that's the way, like, break in. Like, if you if you ever know, like, film schools or, or short films, 
you go there, you do the work, you do really hard, they remember that. Sometimes they, everybody remembers it. Sometimes they might not do anything about it, but they always remember. And shout out to all my UCR friends who never hired me again. Fine. I worked really hard. I worked my ass off. I learned a lot. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if they hired me a lot. I learned a lot. Still did it. I never hear from them again. I will probably say it's because they're white. They just they don't think of me or whatever. However, they just they know I work really hard. They hire me here, here and there, but then they just, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, sometimes I just want a gun. Like, I'm I'm a complete professional. But I seriously will get remembered and referred by a lot of other Asians than I do white. That's just real. That's just real. Even my black friend. Sometimes. It's just how it is, man. That's just how it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, do something for your community. I mean, who shows up for you? It's just that, yeah, it's how white people work. <laughs> they do their nepotism and they show up for their people. They just do it. They don't have to think about it, but they don't also think about how to include more or who needs to work or who to refer more to. If they really ask me things, I try to refer them to a friend who, who I know can do the work, who can show up on time, who always done that. I had this buddy named Milton and... And in in New York, and he is the hardest working PA and gaffer and cinematographer I've ever seen. Like on the spot, I would hire him every day. Like he just shows up, shows up on time, professional, ready to go. Always had great ideas. I always listened to his suggestions. Always worked out. That's so important. That's so so important. Ah, ah, Milton. Milton Guan, I never say last name, so sorry. But Milton, Milton, you're a G. You're a G man. You you know how to do it. And always happy to refer you to anybody all the time. Anybody looking for stuff? Dude, you work really hard. I miss your I do miss your Instagram stuff. Uh it's very it was always very beautiful. And so do it, man. And that's, you know, that's the way to break in. Uh, you know, it's kinda like screenwriting. It's kinda like well, it's kinda like just making your short films, right? Thinking about your short films, your screenwriting, your acting, all that stuff. You do it for the practice. Uh, I've been teaching freelancing for, I don't know, five years, something like that. And I learned from this other guy named uh, Josh Rossi. I think that was his name. Oh, my God. He was the, the full-time freelance photographer.com. I, I will always plug that guy because I learned so much from him and learning how to market yourself and how to pay it forward, how to do that thing. And he was right. He was completely right because that's why I built Rogue Photo. If you know anybody who knows who I was before Strong Asian Lead, I ran a nonprofit called Rogue Photo. It wasn't a full 501c3. It didn't last very long because uh, I went back, you know, I wanted to do like back into filmmaking. But it was a nonprofit for photographers to help other nonprofits uh, get photographers for their actionable action events. So instead of paying Getty 500 $500 per photo, you'd pay a young photographer $200 for like 50 photos that are fine. Like, let them do it for your marketing material, your pamphlets, your all the stuff. Show you did it. Prove that you did it. You don't have the proof. It's not in the pic. No pics, no, no, it didn't proof. You know, all that stuff. And it was great. I'd find people work. I'd get work. I'd find stuff. It, it worked out. I worked, I worked for other nonprofits. But the way I got into doing that 
because I went to the protest after the 2016 election and I would give the photos to the organizers like the next day. I'd give them the photos. Not a, not ask for anything. Here. You don't need to tag me. I don't care about tagging. I really don't. And you shouldn't either. Don't worry about tagging. I've never gotten hired because someone tagged me in a photo. Recognize that. I, I'm going to say that again. I've never been hired by somebody who tagged me, who found me through a tag on a photo. I don't care. I don't care if you don't tag me. I care that I serve you. If I serve you well without any strings attached, you're more likely to hire me again or to refer me to somebody else. That's just how it goes, man. I actually got an email this week for someone to do for photography and they were paying really well, paying well enough. And more than most people are offering at all. Like literally it, they were like, that's actually my rate. That's like, that's close enough to my rate to be real and to get me back into the game. And they said it referred me from a friend who I helped out last year, just cleaning up, cleaning up, not photography, cleaning up again, paying it forward. Stay late and clean up. He got in text right now from that from that girl who did, you know went on the potluck court. So I stayed and cleaned up. That's it. Shows a lot of initiative. You're just gonna do the work without asking being asked to do it. Like that's a lot. That's paying forward. And getting back to short films, like you make short films for free, or you make short films on your own budget, and that's kind of like paying it forward. It's paying forward to your own career practice and going back i'm all over the place maybe the coffee or it's early morning but you know the reason why i brought up josh rossi because he had these like this this rule of like four the four p's i kind of added a fifth p um but it's payment practice passion that was his three i'm sorry he had three i added purpose and pleasure right so if you can get two of those you're good. You can get three or more. You're golden, right? Think about it this way. And this is the whole reason why to pay it forward. It's not about getting something later. It's actually getting something now, but you're doing it for yourself. So it's kind of a, a purposeful of doing it, paying it forward, it, not selfishly because you're doing it for somebody else and you want to do it for that person. Don't do it for someone you don't want to do it for. Do it for someone you do want to do it for. There's a whole reason for that too. But if you are getting paid for something that you don't want to do, you better put your payment up. If you're getting paid to do something and you need the practice, that's good. That's pretty good. Maybe you don't like doing it. Like, I don't like doing weddings. I don't like doing weddings. I kind of refuse to do weddings. So I'm getting paid for something I can get practice for. Great. As a photographer, as a professional photographer, I don't need that practice anymore. So I need to get paid because I don't need the practice. And I don't actually need, it's not actually purpose. <laughs> I don't need the purpose for it. Um, I think that was the other thing. His actually, his, Josh Ross's was payment, practice, and pleasure, right? I added purpose and purpose and 
I'm just forgetting all the P's now. <laughs> you feel it when you feel it. And, you know, it's the whole point is that you can, you, if you do the thing because you love doing it, you don't always need the payment. And if you do the thing because you are enjoy doing it and you get practice out of it, you don't need the payment. Now, if you get the payment, that's great. That's amazing. Right? That's the whole point. If you have a purpose, that's even better. Because there's a purpose for what you're doing. And it, it can go beyond all those things. For Rogue Photo, I, was get, I started out as a photographer. I wasn't getting paid. But I was getting practice about getting better at my photography and delivering on time and working with clients and emailing clients and outreach and sharing and getting there on time. I was getting a lot of practice and getting better at my photography in general and editing. And that, and then I was enjoying what I was doing. I wasn't doing videography, which I don't really enjoy. I wasn't doing marketing, which I don't really enjoy. I wasn't doing like, I don't know, anything else. Photography, enjoyable, easy. I love doing it. It's not the career I want to do for the rest of my life, but I enjoy doing it. I have the knack for doing it. It's something I've done for a long enough time. I'm just like, yeah, let me be a photographer. Sure. Great. Easy. And it's very easy for me to do it, which is now why I make you pay more because I don't need the practice. And because just because I enjoy doing it doesn't mean I need to do it. So I don't need for this for be my career. So I don't care enough to be the thing I'm always shilling out. Like hire me as a photographer. I'm like, you can hire me. You want a photographer? Sure, I'll do it. Like, I'll tell you which ones I don't want to do. Right? I love doing event photography. I love doing concert photography. I love doing uh, those the team like behind the scenes or like day of or street photography. I used to love street photography. Favorite things. How I learn photography. That's the way to learn photography is street photography. And then, but I don't like doing headshots. I don't like doing weddings. I don't like doing whatever. So that's why you got to pay me more for doing those. I'm also not getting practice. But again, purpose for Rogue Photo, I found the purpose for doing them because I was helping others do what I believed in. Helping other nonprofits. Because I can't always like help fix racism with a photo. But I can give other nonprofits my skills and abilities to support them i can't always donate my money to them because i don't not only do i know where you go it's just like money going to them i can give them photography which is something can be sometimes indispensable and used in perpetuity use it you know again you don't have to tag me just use it use the thing for what it was and half the time they would pay me to do it buy my lunches give me 200 bucks like it's a low ass day rate at the low ass day rate. and then but i got to travel i got to see a lot of the east east coast got to dc i got to be in albany i got to be in you know the the lobbies of capitol hill in, in new york and i got to go to west virginia like hey i got paid to travel that's cool you know and i was doing it for somebody else that was purposeful that's the whole that's the whole thing, man. And if you're enjoying it, 
this pleasure. And I, by paying it forward, I got to connect with more people. That's the whole point. And because I was doing it for a purpose, I got to connect with even bigger nonprofits. You know, one of the reasons why I got into like this other uh, organization called Harness is America Ferreira's nonprofits because they saw one of the work that I was doing. Maybe somebody referred me to do that. But yeah. And then you know what? It was still pretty low day rate. It was only like $500 a day, but I still got to go to the Catskills. I got to had some food. I met some celebrity type people. They don't remember me ever. Like, fine, whatever. But you know what? The person who did hire me said I did an amazing job. Best job. Hired me in. It would hire me in. I met her. I recently saw her again. And she was like, I wish you were doing photography again because you're the best. I was like, well, guess what? I am. She's like, really? Great. I'll hire you anytime. Like, fantastic. Fantastic, right? So that was the whole point. And I want to show you, like, in Hollywood, it's the same thing. And I'll show you. Here's the example of strong agent lead. One of the reasons why I'm doing strong agent lead is not because I need the practice. I do need practice, like, professionalism. But when I have, like, I'm sorry, like, popping in because you can see, oh, my God, there's so, getting a lot of messages right now. So I'm going to... Where is it? Where I hate when you kick all the way to fucking blockers. And so, uh, one of the reasons why I do strong agent lead, not because I think it's important. I won. It's a purpose. There's a purpose for me to do this. Like, I'm helping others. This is much needed. We do not have a film school. We, as a community, do not have a way to break into Hollywood without just waiting for somebody else to tell us yes. Like, are you the filmmakers and screenwriters who are waiting for the three nonprofits to help you? Waiting to get into your film festivals? You waiting to get into the film festivals to hopefully win? To hopefully meet a manager? To hopefully have them say yes? Or do you want to skip all that? Make sure that you just find the manager and make them say yes. Sounds easier, right? Sounds like a better way. You're going to wait for somebody else to say yes to then hope that that next person says yes, or are you going to make that first person say yes? Like, I've never really been in film festivals. All my old films don't even relate to me anymore. And I, we won maybe a couple things, but like, you don't remember them. I do not say, ooh, I'm so sorry. I do not say I'm an award-winning filmmaker. I am, but I don't say it. Why? What's the point? What's the point of telling you I'm award-winning? You want to hire me, you're gonna know why to why you're gonna hire me. Not because I'm gonna win an award, because I'm good to work with. Because I do the work correctly. Right? And I can sh- I can show you and prove to you. I can talk to you and have a drink with you. <laughs> that's that's the reason. Right? So don't do it that way. Find another way. But by paying it forward for strong agent need, I think that's the purpose for me. But you know what? I also get a lot of pleasure out of doing it. I don't get payment out of doing it, but that's not the point. It's like the one I don't one P I don't get, right? And I get pleasure out of doing it because I enjoy doing the job. As much as it's a lot of work, it's a hell of a lot of work. I love talking about it every day. I love telling people about what I do every day. I love showing I can prove to people that I can there's something important about what we're doing. And I'm growing. We're growing fast. We're getting partnerships. We're getting people. We have no money. I don't know how to get grants. I wish I could. I wish I had time. I don't. I just don't have time. I I, I know I, should, I know there's grants out there. Everybody's like, get a grant. I'm like, 
yeah, you think I'm just gonna like put my hand down and like get a grant? Like, love that. We love that. I don't have time to put out my hand. That's the problem. I have other hands to do other things. If I don't do the other things, can't prove what I'm doing there. It's a problem. So, you know, at some point, I think in the next few episodes or so, I'm gonna stop doing the podcast to take a break to do it. Like, that's why I'm amplifying these episodes right now so I can kind of have a break in between. And so, but I'm still doing it. I'm still going to do it. And in some way, and here, like, I'll tell you people, like, it's not, I'm not doing strong agently for me, but it is helping me, right, in my career. A lot of people know what I'm doing. A lot of people know what strong agent lead is. You know, they don't know me. They know what strong agent lead is. They're like, wow, that's really cool. And my screenwriting career has nothing to do with it. But you know what? When we start to go pitching, if people who do know what we're doing, like, and you do that, interesting. Interesting. Like, I have ideas for documentaries and I have ideas for narratives, like, really work that could, that could really be helpful and useful. I have a lot of backlog history. I could really pull from. And strong Asian lead proves to them I can do that. And I get to invite people to screenings, to panels, to be on a panel. I get to meet people. I get to, I, sometimes I've had people on the podcast. Like, that's been great. They don't do very often because it's a lot, a, lot, a lot of work to do that kind of stuff. But that's the whole point. That is the whole point. You know, paying it forward does help my career. And I want to tell you that you should be doing and paying it forward to somebody else to other organizations. If you don't help us, help somebody else. I don't care if you help even in Hollywood. Help somebody do something else. Go go to your nearest charity. Go to the Boys and Girls Club. Go to Salvation. I don't care. And like just take pictures, take video, and say, I'm helping out these people and the thing. It sounds a little stupid and selfish and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? It shows you you're not just about yourself. I have a lot of people that I know that are just about themselves. You do not help other people. And like, all right, cool. You're working hard. Maybe you have 20,000 more followers than I do. But you're not helping anybody else but yourself. You're, it's kind of vain, right? And so, but other people who have fewer followers than myself, who are helping other people, I'm like, you're my hero because you're helping other people. You're paying it forward to the community. That's the Go help other people pay it forward to somebody else. You pay it forward, it comes back. It does come back every time. Okay, we're back for the rest of this episode and doing our movie of the week. Do, 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 do. I do not have sound effects yet, so what you get. <laughs> and I'm not like uh, a Mel, not a Mel Blanc, but uh, I forgot to do the guy who does, uh, is it Winslow? Michael Winslow does that? Um, no, I'm not. I'm going to sound, sound artist. Um, but this movie of the week is Jungle Book 1942. And if you're watching on the Spotify, I don't think we have a YouTube yet, but we'll have something at some point. Here is the cover. Uh, I do have a VHS tape and a Blu-ray version. It was really hard to find the Blu-ray version because they do not, they never made it into Blu-ray in the United States. Uh, I got this one from Spain. <laughs> so, um, fascinating just a beautiful film beautiful 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 film um we're gonna get into some of the, the goods and bads about it but overall just like fucking gorgeous 
forget about the context. Like, gorgeous, because it's early Technicolor. 1942, it's the forest. It's the beautifulest, greenest, most colorful thing you've seen, especially on, like, film. And, ah, just so gorgeous. And if you see it in, like, Blu-ray, 1080p or something, it's just wonderful. And worth worth watching just worth watching good there uh we'll play a clip right now what are you doing oh you're like a little panther i thought someone had found the hiding place hiding place what is this money what is it for what is money for to protect us from hunger and cold. It lives in a hole like a cobra? <laughs> no. If we need a bag of rice, I give these to the merchant in the square. He gives us the rice. <laughs> what a fool that merchant must be. <laughs> no. Will the men pack give us anything for this? Yes. Will Bagio give me a, a tooth? Tooth? You have all your teeth. No. A, a sharp tooth. Oh, a knife? Yes. A knife tooth. Like a tiger's knife. What need have you for a knife? To sink it in the throat of my enemy. Your enemy? Oh, you talk about Akela, the father wolf, and Raksha, the mother wolf, and how much better it is in the jungle with all your friends. Now who could be your enemy? Shere Khan, the tiger. Tell Buldeo to sell you a knife and give him the money. I shall have a tooth. I shall have a tooth. And if you're watching, that was just that was just gorgeous. Um, so let, let's take in get into the little dynamics of everything and and where it's at. Um, again, it was released in 1942. This is not your uh, your this is not your mother's Jungle Book, right? This is not the musical Disney version of you know Mowgli and the singing bears and all that stuff. Like right now we're on the strikes about Disney, this is not that, right? This is Jungle Richard. Uh, Rudyard Kipling's Jungle Book, right? The move, the book in itself is an is a oh a public domain book from 1894. So it's way past that time, and anybody can make this movie. Anybody can make that story. Disney has just Disneyfied it for you know children's purposes, and totally totally get that. Fine. There's actually been a lot of various versions of this movie. And so we're going to talk about like one of the original book adaptations from it. And uh, with Sabu. Sabu Destigir. And I'm probably saying his name wrong, but that's we're going to talk about him and, and some of his work. Uh, there's also been another version in 1994 with, or 1992, with uh, Justin Scott, Jason Scott Lee. Which you know he's from uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. So fascinating. I saw, I just saw a clip. And I was like, where can I find this? That was a Disney version, but it was you know earlier '90s and stuff like that. So it was live action. So very. That's another fascinating. I want to get into at some point because I just want to see him play the role uh, as an East Asian playing it. But I feel like this is like the closest thing you're gonna get to, like what it probably should be, where it's like an uh, uh, Indian boy trying to do this and. You know, Sabu in itself, you know, as as far as I'm aware and I've been learning, do not knock on my fucking camera. Uh, Sabu was the first Indian American actor 
from whatever I can read in these things, but he's the first Indian American actor, and he was inducted into the Hollywood Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960. Like, whoa! Look at this guy. He's already there. Um, what a what a man! And his years of service was from 19. It's just years. Oh, he must have been in the war. Uh, I'm again. I'm learning a lot of this stuff with you. I can't just do all the things right um, beforehand. I'm kind of just learning as we go, but. He was had a military career in the United States Army Air Force. He was from 1944 to 1945, and he was in the crewman as a unit as the 370th Bombardment Squadron in World War II. So fascinating. Um, he was 13. Sauber was discovered by documentary filmmaker Robert Flattery, who cast him in a role as an elephant driver in 1937's British film Elephant Boy. So his early films. I also have that. We can go into it later old black and white film but you know wonderful uh adaptation of two my two of the elephants and which was also uh rudyard kipling's story so in 1938 producer alexander horda commissioned um aew mason to write the drum as a starring vehicle with a young actor for sabru which is also another another film and sabru was Probably no, probably best known for his role as Abu in 1940s fantasy adventure The Thief of Baghdad. So he done done a lot of films before this, and a lot of them were black and white, um, and in various things. But really, his big role that I can see uh, was Jungle Book, and it was shot entirely in California. And so, ah, man, we I would love to just go way farther into this, and some like I'm sure it's a full episode of things. Each one of these movies, by the way, we could do a full episode on, but I don't want to do that for, to you. <laughs> I would love to do that, but I feel like that's just kind of not a boring thing, but just something that, one, I don't have time for researching everything for and being perfect about it. Uh, I'd love to talk to some more people who know more about it, but at the same time, uh, I just don't have time, so I'm just going to do my basic knowledge and my basic fascination with these films. And so this is not a scholarly podcast. This is more of a casual podcast that I can just kind of Bring up Wikipedia and IMDb and just like talk to you about it. But so here's the great thing that Sabu was just an amazing actor for this. I think he was just an amazing actor in general. He played these roles. But here's the kind of the problem. He played a lot of roles that people white people put him in in kind of like this strange boy, the the exotic boy, right? Like, you know, you know the roles, right? He's exotic, he's different, he's the jungle boy. And that's the only problems with these films. <clears throat> well, not the only one. Let's talk about Jungle Book more specifically. There is so much brown face. So much brown face. Almost every one of the characters were brown face. And actually, I didn't realize it at first. And I was just like, oh, this is a great movie. And stuff. And I was like looking further. My friends were talking about it. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of... Everybody's brown face. Even his little girlfriend. This little girlfriend... Who who played this role was also really hard to find because she's not on IMDb because uh, she only ever had one. Oh, she is. But her name was Patricia Orug. She played Mah- Mahala. She looked, she kind of looked Indian to me. I was just like, oh yeah, that that has have the look. And I was like, yeah, I actually put it in my trailer for Legacy Schemes. I thought it was a thing, but you know, I didn't do our research, so you know, I'm bad. I have to fix that fix that clip now, but. She's looking, she only had this one role. She's a white woman. No. And who else was there? So Joseph Talia, John Quaylen, Frank Pajulia, uh, Rosemary DeCamp, 
Ralph Bird, John Mather, Faith Brook, Noble Johnson. None of these people are Indian. None of these people are even South Asian. Not as far as I know. Like, oh my God. There are more animals in this credit, like live action, live real animals, than there are Indian people in here. <laughs> that's really sad. And that's the credits. Like, Bagheera's literally played, literally the name of the cast, Bagheera, is played by the panther. Um, Baloo, the bear. Like, so weird. So, what, why even list the animals? I guess they were a thing, but so fascinating. Mel Blanc, which I thought was crazy. Mel Blanc played Ka. If you don't know Mel Blanc, like he's the voice actor of a billion voices, like Bugs Bunny and Roger Rabbit. I think it was Roger Rabbit. No, uh, Daffy Duck. I'm sorry. Uh, again, I'm not going to put this. Um, but every one of the Indian, uh, South Asian people who were here were actually like just named as villagers. And even like this white woman, Martha Wentworth, like White Hood, but like Boguan Singh and Rama Bai were just villagers. Uh, so weird. So fascinating. And so, you know, I, again, I'm not perfect. I'm not even South Asian, so I'm not going to get this all right in, in the first place. But the brown face was pretty bad in this. And I really hope that I know, I don't know, that I really hope we've gotten past that. I don't think it's a lot of brown face anymore. But like, God damn, this was like the most brown face I've ever seen in the movie. And I was really mad at myself. Not really mad, but I was. Disappointed myself that I didn't really catch it earlier. Um, but again, I'm here for Sabu. <laughs> I'm not here for these people. I'm here for Sabu. I'm here for this. I'm here for Cinematic Technicolor. Yeah, it's actually 42. Technicolor came out in 1938 with Wizard of Oz. I think that's correct. Uh, let me double check on that Wizard of Oz. Uh, but actually, not even that correct because first Technicolor film was 1922 with Anne May Wong. Again, that's another movie we'll get into, but that was the first Technicolor film, and that's not cinema history. I don't know what is, because that's not just Asian-American history. That's cinema history, and Anime Wong and a bunch of other Asians were that film, and it was Asian-American. It wasn't an Asian. It was actually a white guy. They actually talked about, I can't marry this white guy kind of guy. I was like, whoa, this is this is Asian-America. Like, oh, again, we're not watching this this shit, man. We really need to understand that this is what happened. Uh, also, Wizard of Oz was 1939. And so, yeah. Uh, woof. This is not, this is three years later. And they made this beautiful Technicolor film. Like, watch it. Like, here's, maybe here's a clip or watch the clip from before or something. But the other fascinating thing, they use live animals. Like, you get to see jaguars and tigers and elephants. All things that weren't real were the snakes. Totally understandable. But like, whoa, you just watch them like, whoa, I don't think I've ever seen a tiger like this. Like, you've maybe seen like Tiger King or something. And I just feel like it doesn't look fake. It doesn't it just doesn't look the same? It's always like a documentary or something. This is a narrative film. And they've done later stuff down the line, like eighties and nineties, again, like that Jason Scott Lee version. I think there's some live animals. Like, this is the forties. This is early. And it, it's so fascinating to see what it was done because it was just so, it's so beautiful. And you just see his claws, you see his teeth. You're like, ooh, that was a big ass teeth. You're like, ooh, this is, it's not scary. But you're like, ooh, there, Sabu and himself, like Mowgli, 
right? Again, that's in a whole thing. This is not an episode about breaking it down to be the bad thing. Like there's, there is a justification to have like who is Mowgli and why are you doing Mowgli, this you know, animalistic boy who's a person of color. Like there is a lot of that for sure. But I like to do like the celebration of what Sabu got to do. Like that's fascinating because he's the first, this is early Hollywood. He's still an Asian American who got to play the leading role. Strong. He is a strong Asian lead if I saw him ever. Now let's just celebrate that for a minute because I think that's what's important in here. And so he got to play and kill Shere Khan. Whoa. I want to kill Shere Khan. He got to fight a tiger and win. He got to say, come here, Shere Khan, catch me. And I was like, whoa, what the ball on this boy? He said, come catch me. And wow, he was just climbing trees and chicken out and getting his little his knife what he called the tooth like look at my tooth because he didn't have like teeth right he didn't have the teeth the tiger so he got a knife and he's like my, look at my tooth i got my tooth now i can kill you and it's so fascinating you're like watching like whoa this this is so cool to just watch and so beautiful and i just want to celebrate that because sabu was just so young at this time how old was he i'm going to find out how old he was he was if uh, he was born in 1924 in British India, in, in the King Kapoor Mysore, Kingdom of Mysore, in British India, and then he came. I don't know when he came to the United States. Uh, did it say? Did it say? Mm-mm. Did not say when he came to the United States, but he did gain citizenship uh, later on in his life. So. Just fascinating, and he's so much. So they fell in love. We're in the picture right now, and he's just like, "Wow, what a what a man!" And I just want to see and say, like, "Wow, he got to play those leading roles and in a lot of films." And I really hope people like back then recognize who he was, but we don't know who he is these days. And that's why we do this podcast. It's why we do Strong Asian Lead because we don't really celebrate them. We can celebrate Joyride. We can celebrate Crazy Rich Asians. We can celebrate uh, Shortcomings. We can celebrate all the great films that are coming out now. Everything Everywhere All at Once and all the many short films that are just out there just like doing something good and great. But these people don't get to be talked about because they're not in today. They didn't have social media. They didn't have a PR team. They didn't have any of that. And so that's why we're celebrating them through Strong Asian because... When we see this and you watch this, you're like, wow, what cool. If they can do it, so can we. And that's the whole point. Again, going back to a little more Jungle Book, you know, celebrating here. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's something to watch. And you can watch it on our website. Again, we find, I find these, I don't know why or how I find these films, but I find them. They're on YouTube. They're on Roku, Tubi. They're, they're out there in the world. We put them on our website so you can watch them. I could just leave them. I could just put it in a Google sheet and just keep it for myself or pass it around. But this is for you. This is for the people. Because I think this cinema education should be for the people. And I'm trying to help you get there. Just watch the film. You listen to this podcast episode and then go watch the film. Right? Go watch Jungle Book. Go watch Three Ninjas. Go watch Year of the Dragon. Actually, Year of the Dragon is not online. I'm not going to post it online. Because um, that's 
that's technically copyright infringement. I'm not copywriting infringement these things. I'm not posting them. I'm only just telling you where they're at and somebody else. I'm not to get taken down, which is really sad. Um, we'll get into like the flip side by Rod Polito. I watched that on YouTube. It's not there anymore. He actually, he left it online, but it's unfortunately not there. But go watch that. This is your cinema education. You want to go to film school? Can't afford it? Here it is. And I love no film school, but like here's some other, other history. Here's some other facts of Hollywood history. And just go watch these movies. I've curated all of this for you. Like, there's tons of stuff on there. I've been doing this for over like two or three years, just collecting the films for you to watch. And there's so much to look look forward and look learn from. So go do that. I'm telling you, I'm your teacher today. Go do that. Go go do your homework. There's more to learn. So why I do these things? Because if I didn't help celebrate these films, I don't know if it would be done. I know other people aren't doing it. So come on. Let's have a good time. Let's watch the movies. We're actually going to do a screening of this um, in a couple of weeks that I'm excited for. They would get at our new Emerson College. If, if I haven't announced it already, I'm sure I already announced it online by the time this episode comes out. But we are now partnered with Emerson College, which is fantastic. They've given us all their spaces to use when we need them to schedule in advance. And they gave me a little small office, a little cute little cubicle just to work from. Fantastic. Sign in the cubicle. I have a door. That's, that's an upgrade from the cubicle. I don't have a window <laughs> and it's no, it's like half the size of my bedroom. Uh, I'd almost, you know, generally I'd rather just work at home, but it's one block away from Netflix. So I get to go pick it over there and then go there to do some work or chill out or have coffee or something and we take some meeting. We're going to be, uh, I don't know when this episode will ship out in August. So we'll be doing our Asian picket day. So I haven't already announced it. Uh, the picket party we'll be having at Netflix. So we're picketing from nine to two. And then we'll go down Netflix, down to Emerson and have a panel. And we'll have some food. We'll have some drinks. We'll just have a good time to talk about the strikes and just, like, use the space. And that's what the benefit is. That's the benefit that we get to give you. They aren't charging you for that. We love your donations. Love your donations. Please, please, please donate. It helps us. But that's what we get to do for everybody. And because we get to do that, that's going to help us just provide for more people and we get to have this beautiful 45 seat screening room and we get to show movies for it and it will be members only and sometimes it'll be invite only and i hope i get to invite you sometimes but right now it's going to definitely be only members only because we can't fit everybody and only if you're a member will you get to not be notified that it exists that we're doing the screening and you get to join us sadly Got to be in LA to be in the person, so I apologize for those people. But we will be doing watch parties. I think we're going to be doing a watch party online, maybe once a week, every once a month or something. Like we'll be doing something. We'll watch these films. We'll watch Jungle Book. We'll watch Year of the Dragon. We'll find ways to watch, make things happen because I think you should also be doing these things. But <clears throat> it's just going to be on your computers, which is fine. People can do that, and I hope that you will. I hope that you'll join us because why not? It's sad that you won't be able to network or anything, but you get to watch the films and you get to discuss. We'll talk about it on Discord or something, and we'll, we'll we'll enjoy the films that they are. And so, again, September 6th, we'll be doing the, the picket party. And, yeah, join us out there on the picket lines at Netflix and then come up to Emerson. And then we'll be doing more screens. We'll be doing in-person screens for the 45-seat room and we have the 200-seat multi-purpose room. Uh, maybe we'll do the outside on the balcony on the terrace if they let us do like have a screening or a projector and stuff. But yeah, we're gonna have a good time. I really hope that Strong Asian Lead's helping you and doing things. I'm I'm enjoying it. 
it's a lot it's a lot of work on me y'all it really is again everything you see from strong agency comes from me we do not have any support no support people think we have like oh you're a full team everything like no it's, it's just me like whoa really like yeah and i still have a screenwriting career and photography for freelance like we need to get grants so i can not only pay myself but pay like hire people i need a cpa i need staff i need somebody to do our newsletters i need i need i need people but no one wants to volunteer so we're going to just keep doing it because if i just waited for people to pay it forward and volunteer like I don't know what's wrong with LA, but LA is not community like like New York. It really just isn't. Like, it just isn't, and that's all. That's why I left LA. I'm sorry, but I'm here. You know, I'm here because of Hollywood, not because of LA. It's just how. And so, I don't know. I think the best thing anybody can do is just like show up. Like, we would love some celebrities to come out, some people who just done some work, and people. I'm like, great. Can you just come? Just come out. It's not just screening. We just get nobody coming out, which is really, really sad. It's like, you know, you say you recognize us, you're doing good work, but you still come out. It's really, it's a bummer. But we're going to do it anyways, because I think it's important. When I think something's important, we just do it anyways. And just as you should do it too. If you think it's important, do it. Help it. Support it. Give it. Give. Donate. Do anything. Give anything that you can to other people. Because when you do that, not only you're, you're working your way up to whatever higher being you believe in but you're also just doing because it, it feels good and it is volunteer someone said like why would i volunteer i think the only thing i'm gonna get volunteer out is the satisfaction of volunteering like yeah as you should it should just be the satisfaction of volunteer we will do our best to support you and give you and give you something in return but why are you just asking for something in return it should be the satisfaction of volunteering are you going to say that same thing to the soup kitchens like why would I go do that except for the satisfaction of volunteering? Like, because you're helping other people. That's the whole fucking point. Like, wow, that's why I won't have you volunteer, dude. It's like, whatever, man. It, it, that's, ah, uh, man, this is, uh, what a town, what a town. I feel like I'm such an outsider here because I'm trying to help the people. And it's just like, well, that's weird. That's weird that I'm trying to help people. That's funny. Weird. <laughs> okay. So, Anyways, I'm going to cut this out. I hope that it wasn't too, uh, you know, boring or anything. Or that I'm too, I, don't, I try not to be negative anymore. I really try not to be. And, but yeah, yeah, kind of the facts. I'm going to tell you about life. I'm going to tell you about how I feel and think about Hollywood. Tell you how that Hollywood works and doesn't work. But um, it's 10 o'clock right now. Uh, I'm going to finish the rest of this coffee and head out to the picket lines because we're all going to the WB. And yeah, again, uh, this episode will probably come out in August. We'll still be at the picket lines. I'm sure this strike is going to be coming on for the next few months. So I do not expect this episode to come out when we're finished. And if it is, then great. Then we're back in business. But until then, we're going to keep going to the picket lines. Go to the picket lines. Find us. Come to the picket party. We're going to have a great time. And I hope you're going to come out. Anyways, my name is Moss Moria. You can find us on all the socials at Strong Asian Lead everywhere. Instagram, we'll get the underhand, underscore at the end. And... Help us donate. You want to be on Patreon? Like, help us out. Like, we don't have bonus episodes yet. Again, I don't have the time to do everything. But, you know, a couple bucks helps us out, man. If you're listening to this, fantastic. This is going to help your career. Fantastic. Like, great. If you don't donate, then fine. Just keep listening. Tell, us, tell somebody. You know, I hate doing this, too. Like, hit subscribe. Hit the follow. If you're on Spotify, hit the follow. If you're on Apple, hit subscribe. Rate us. Spotify now has ratings, and we have questions. I usually put a question at the bottom on Spotify. If you don't know that, 
great. Here's the question at the bottom. I think today is going to be something along the lines of when did you pay it forward or who would you pay it forward to? Something like that. And then on, you know, Apple Podcasts, rate us. Help us get to the top. I don't, I actually don't even care about going to the top. Just tell us that you're liking the episode. Give us some stars. Love a five star. I'm going to tell you to get five stars. Someone told me like, give me five stars. I'm like, maybe I don't like you. <laughs> so, you know, that's the whole thing. I, I, but I hope you rate it. Give us a comment. Put a comment in there. Uh, tell us what we're doing fine or just put a, I don't know, put a poop emoji in there. I, I just, I want you to, I want people to know that part. It's, um, it's a good time. So I appreciate it. I appreciate your support. I appreciate just listening. And if it's helping you, just let us know Yeah, in any way you can. Uh, again, my name is Moss Moria and you've been listening to the Strong Asian Lead Podcast. And yeah, have a great week and, um, you know, again, pay it forward. <laughs>